and welcome to the Diagnosis Infertility Podcast, where tears, encouragement, and laughter will fill your soul. My name is Andrea, and my medical chart reads infertility, but I prefer to think of myself as an IVF warrior, because even though I now have two little humans in my house, that diagnosis not only has stayed on my medical chart, but continues to drive who I am. And when I was in the thick of it, it controlled who I was. I hated my body. I did not take care of myself. My mindset was totally off and I obsessed about getting pregnant. And maybe you can connect with that too. If so, this podcast is for you. Here, it's all about real talk and giving you validation in that annoyingly real and raw emotion through this journey. As a health and life coach, I not only want to share my journey, but set you up with success as you navigate your own fertility struggles. Buckle up, lady, because here we go. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of Diagnosis Infertility. So grateful you came back. Super excited you're here for today's topic. Today we're going to be talking about taking a break, which is not something that is super easy for me. Big shocker there. Um, I'm an Enneagram 3 to the core, and I go, go, go in every facet of my life. And I also went, went, went with infertility treatments as well. So we're going to dive into that a little bit later, but I'm going to start with telling you about my great find this week. So this week, you guys, I discovered CBD gummies and they are kind of freaking amazing. And I have had samples of them in the past. I have a really good friend whose husband started this company in Fargo. And anyway, they had a little bit of shifting of ownership just due to um, a really great business strategy. And so he's still growing and making these gummies. And anyway, so I've had these samples in the past and it's been on my list to really try, but I don't know if I just haven't had the guts to go try it or the time to go figure it out and educate myself. But anyway, I have some hardcore post-COVID exhaustion and I think it's post-COVID exhaustion it could just be the exhaustion of life. I, I don't know. I'm really tired. Well, I was really tired because I just have a lot going on, right? I'm building this business, Her, Health and Empowerment and Reproduction, and I'm doing my podcast. I'm still working as an occupational therapist. I have two kids. I have a husband, and I really like to have a clean kitchen, and I love to cook, okay? A lot going on in my life. So, Anyway, after I got COVID, um, I've just had this like really dense brain fog. And because I'm a go, go, go person, I really don't like dense brain fog. Brain fog. (laughs) Brain fog. That is some examples of what was happening. Anyway, and so I had coffee with this girl, uh, this woman, my friend, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go there right after this. And I totally did. And I just like word vomited all of my problems, all of the issues I was having to this friend of mine. And he hooked me up with this regimen and even gave me um, like a kid safe one for nighttime just to try with the kiddos because it's just been a rough, it's just been a rough go lately. And oh my goodness, you guys. 
I noticed a difference almost immediately, like just in my clarity, my ability to sleep. I'm waking up refreshed. I'm actually getting out of bed when my alarm goes off. It has changed so much. And I dare I say it's helped digestion. I don't know. I was going to talk to him tomorrow. I was going to text him at like testimonial Tuesday. And then I was going to ask him about bowels too, because even my son who has like the worst tummy in the world, pooped like four times today and (laughs) I'm so sorry but this is what you get when you tune into diagnosis infertility I just am this just who I am just gonna tell it how it is okay so today um getting back into what we're talking about is we're talking about taking a break And this could be a break from work life, real life, or whatever it really is that's giving you an insane amount of overwhelm. I personally am going to tell you about the story of when we took a break trying to conceive. But I know I have a lot of listeners who are maybe past the trying to conceive. And, um, you know, because diagnosis infertility was made for everyone, right? It's, it's telling my story of what I'm still experiencing with my diagnosis of infertility and how that hasn't gone away. But I'm also, want, also wanting to reach the new woman going through fertility or just trying to conceive. I'm trying to reach the woman who's in the thick of it. Um, and so anyway, you, you can correlate this to any break in your life, whatever you want to do. I'm going to focus in on what we did to take a break going through our fertility treatments. So we had actively tried to conceive for a year about before our first doctor's appointment. And I just went to my primary. She is an NP in town and I freaking love her. And I remember my doctor telling me I had such a good attitude going into this. And I don't think I knew it all like what it was going to come and what to expect and so I was probably pretty naive um so we tried this simple simple medication well that didn't work I think maybe we tried that for one or two cycles then we were finally referred over to the hospital slash OB clinic in town um and we started our testing and oh my word the testing I remember feeling so violated that I was triggered like to flashbacks and I would just like lay down at night. It was for someone who's been like very modest in life. It was very traumatizing to me. So yikes. And the I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try to say it. So the histocell pinogram, (laughs) the HSG, you know, the one where they, uh, shoot a dye up into your uterus and then they take an x-ray simultaneously to see if there's any um, any defaults really in your uterus or in your fallopian tubes and so the first time I did that the HSG the dye didn't go like I was either too tense or too stressed which big shocker there when you're laying with your frog legs open with the whole room to see and somebody injecting dye into your hoo-ha anyway so it didn't work so I had to come back in a month I couldn't do it again that day I couldn't do it again that cycle so we had to wait a whole nother cycle okay which let's just pin 
this story for a second and talk about how when something doesn't go right and you have to wait for a whole nother cycle, how infuriating that is, how scary that is, and how like defeating that is as someone going through fertility or trying to do these treatments. I hear you and I see you. And I'm going to give you advice someday on what to do and how to have fun, but we're, we're going to pin that pin that back, okay? So um, I had to go back another time for my HSG, which you guys totally worked this time, and my freaking uterus contracted, and I screamed like a bee. It was awful. I was like, oh, Gee, if this is what labor is going to feel like, that is really something to look forward to. Anyway, they got the dye in there. That bitch went right up to my Philippian tubes. You guys, beautiful. My doctor told me I had a beautiful uterus. I told him I grew it myself. Anyway, so that was done. Te- uh, passed that test. Um, the other test we did was the one where you're supposed to have sex and then come back and they tell you how many sperm are still alive in your uterus or in your cervix. Well, um, again, super fun, but mine was zero. Zilch. There wasn't one sperm alive. So we had this whole like Monica and Chandler situation going on. And the vials of blood which, side note, poor thing, she's totally listening to this right now, but my friend just had like seven vials of blood drawn at once and totally passed out. So ladies, going through fertility and treatment and getting blood drawn, ask how many vials you are going to have drawn and advocate for yourself. If you think five is too much, six is too much, seven is too much, like ask for some sugar, ask for a sweet snack, ask for something to support you or like take a break in between. Um, thank God my friend had some really good phlebotomists there and they caught her and they like kept her totally safe and she woke up and they, you know, nursed her back to health, but she had blood all over her white, beautiful white shirt. And <laughs> they had to find her shirt and anyway, and they gave her a tip, I think I think it was a rubbing alcohol. I think they told her told her to use rubbing alcohol in her bloodstained shirt to come right out. And she marked me the other day, which you guys don't know what Marco Polo is. We'll talk later. Um, she marked me the other day and she held up this white shirt and it was completely clean. <laughs> so I also had my blood drawn a lot of times, a lot of vials. I think there were more tests, but I'm not totally sure. I did block some of that out, even though I do remember quite a bit. And oh my gosh, oh yeah, all those transverse ultrasounds. I have friends that sometimes come back from the doctor and are like, they did the ultrasound where you insert it. And I was like, talk to the hand, because I have put more of those things in my hoo-ha than Joey Tribbiani has eaten meatball subs. After the testing came the IUIs, did one, negative, start again, did another, negative, start again. And this happened roughly six times. On the sixth time, I had two big assists so they wouldn't do another cycle. And this is, guys, where it got heavy and real. And when I went from this go, go, go mentality of cycle after cycle, do this, do that, I was trying to do everything perfect. I was obsessing over this. This is where, like, the world came crashing down 
around me because I couldn't, I had to take that cycle off. And I remember sitting or going home and sitting in the shower and just crying, sitting on the floor, just sobbing. And I didn't know what to do next. I I remember thinking, I just can't do this anymore, like crying out to God. Um, and really just in a place of uncertainty. And I had not at that point been in a place of uncertainty uncertainty in my fertility journey because I believed so wholeheartedly that these IUIs were going to work or this was going to work. And it never for a second dawned on me that it, that it wouldn't because I didn't think I was going to be that girl. Yet here I was after six IUIs, after each transverse ultrasound that costs $250 a pop, right? You have two a cycle, plus all the meds, plus the doctor's appointments. Here I was sitting on the floor in the buff, letting water run over me and just crying. I remember being terrified of taking that month off. And that month ended up being a year. And the year off ended up being absolutely amazing, to be honest. But I I felt, I remember having this urge, this need to just keep going and going. It was like almost obsessive. And I feel like I wouldn't have just kept going and going and going. Or I feel like I would have just kept going and going and going and not slowed down. Because that is my personality in life. Like I said, I'm an I'm ambitious and I'm driven. I don't really slow down. And in fact, I actually always used to perceive slowing down as being weak and vulnerable. And honestly, I, I thought of it as a valuable waste of time. I used to think slowing down showed you that you were weak and was such a valuable waste of time. Because one of my strengths is I'm a maximizer. I maximize everything. And I think it drives the people in my life nuts. But babe, I got that stuff done. I already did it. I was late, but I did it. Um, anyway, so I maximize things. And so when I didn't have the choice to maximize my time, it was like an identity shift for me. It was really, really very hard and that could be well I remember thinking that could be the month I was going to get pregnant it couldn't be successful unless you tried a month off is me being another month older my eggs being another month older it's just going to take longer etc 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 anyone relating to that or hearing me out it's a real thing to think these things about taking a month off taking a break usually it comes with a caution to avoid sexual intercourse so what the hell am I supposed to do I all I've done is eat breathe and sleep infertility now what I can't have sex I can't go to an IUI what the hell am I supposed to do well I'll tell you what now I found myself again I found that fun free-spirited girl I had fun I bought the bikini, I drank the wine, 
I smoked the cigar and I had a blast with my husband. Then one day I decided, I think it's time. So it was probably closer to a year and a half before I actually um, decided to do or to get back into the swing of it and go back to the basics. Anyway, that break was the most amazing thing that happened to me in my fertility journey. I remember praying that I want what God wants. And if he wants me to take a break, then let that be my passion and my plan. And you know what? It was. And and as I talk about this to you, I find myself getting even a little emotional because it was such a beautiful time for me to heal, for me to realign, and for me to reset. Because I was so obsessive. I was so go, go, go that I probably gained 20 pounds. I lost who I was. I wasn't the wife that my husband married anymore. I was snippy and snappy. I wasn't wanting to hang out with my friends as much. I just wasn't that woman that I used to be, that fun, creative, carefree woman. She wasn't there anymore. It was this just obsessive, baby-driven monster of a hormone something or another. Um, And I hated it. So that break reminded me that I can be me and I can find who I am in the midst of trying to conceive, okay? Which is actually the exact reason why I created the business I created and I'm life and health coaching these women. Because I don't want anyone to experience the aloneness, the deep heartache, the obsession um, that I did, right? And so the break helped me from being so emotionally exhausted that I was there for my husband, my friends, and my job. So if I wanted to, I would have had time to process what I had just went through, but I didn't process what I just went through because hello, internalizer. But you know, For those of you who are more in touch with your feelings or listening to this and like raising your hand or nodding your head hardcore because, yeah, that's you, maybe you can process some of your feelings on your your planned break or on your break. Because sometimes taking a break will help you rediscover your loves and the rest of your life, right? Because I spent so much time getting pregnant. It was nice to take time away with just Mark, just Mark and Andrea. I also had time to do the things I normally wouldn't do when I was trying to get pregnant. So one of the things that I remember thinking is that like I just can't stop or how do I take a break? And so how do you take a break? Well, (laughs) talk to your partner. Get on the same page as your partner, right? Because we've talked about in some previous episodes that we're starting to share with our partner. We're starting to tell them how we're feeling. The good, the bad, the ugly. We're letting them in. And so we're starting to tell them that I can't handle another negative pregnancy test. I can't handle another failure. I feel like a failure every time that pregnancy test is negative. I need a break. I am losing who I am. I am not the wife you married. 
I want that girl back. So get in line with your husband or your partner or your spouse. Talk to your doctor. Ask if this is an option. And like what the success rates are with this, right? Like, is it going to impact your chances of getting pregnant? And here I go again. Talk to a therapist to support identifying what is most important to you. And like as a health and life coach, I do work a lot on identifying what's important to you, but I don't go as deep as a therapist, right? So if you're needing to like realign and get some um, clarity in life, right, that's a health coach. But if you're needing to dig, dive deep and unpack that trauma, I'd highly recommend that therapist. And then before you start your break, I would honestly set a date for you to jump back in. It saves that awkward talk down the road with your um, partner about like, oh, when should we try? I think I'm ready. I think I'm not. So say it's like May 1 and you're like, we're taking a break. Maybe September 1, you're going back to the basics and doing another round. So get crystal clear with your partner on your time frame. So if you're still with me here, I am hoping you allow yourself to take a break and just rest. Okay, that's it for today, guys. I love you. I don't hand that out softly. So apparently I'm loving you guys now. And reach out to me if you want to talk. Don't forget to follow me on social media. And pretty soon my website's going to be launched. Oh, oh, bye. Thank you for pressing play today. If you found value in today's episode or feel that someone in your life could use a burst, share this episode on social media. Don't forget to tag me in it so I can give you a shout out. Or send it to your husband, a friend, or even your mom right now. Sometimes we need to share what resonates with us so other people can understand too. And remember... Maybe it's time to stop being afraid of what can go wrong and start being excited about what can go right. You've got this. You are doing a great job. Until next time.